welcome to another episode of Search News You Can Use with me, Dr. Marie Haynes. I'm on a roll this month with having guests. If you if you missed last week's episode, I had a fantastic conversation with Rand Fishkin about something that he calls inferred links. If you missed it, I've been talking about this for the last couple of weeks, so you may want to catch up on a couple of the last podcast episodes. I still think that links are very, very important. But I do believe Google when they say that they're ignoring the vast majority of links on the web. So if you missed it, the main idea that we're trying to get across here is that Google uses links because they're recommendations for a site's content or for the business or, you know, the authors of the website. But often true recommendations don't come in the form of a link. If you wrote a great article about, say, Core Web Vitals, and Search Engine Land said, so-and-so has given excellent advice on understanding the Core Web Vitals, even if Search Engine Land didn't link to you, having an authoritative website recommend you is something that Google wants to measure. These are legitimate recommendations, and not all legitimate recommendations come in the form of a link. So this week... I was thinking about these new badges that Google has in the search results now. I'm not sure if you saw this this week. It was just announced yesterday. They announced it that uh, it's not, it's only in the US right now. But when you do a search, many of the top results will have three dots next to them in the search results that a searcher can click and then they can see some more information as to why this go- why Google chose to rank this site for this search query. So what you'll see is often an excerpt from the site's Wikipedia page in a pop-up and possibly a note saying how long the page has been indexed on Google. So a lot of people really are not happy with these badges already because not everybody can get a Wikipedia page and really your ability to rank on Google shouldn't be determined by whether you can get into Wikipedia. Or should it? You know, Wikipedia has criteria that they call notability. And that lines really, really well. It aligns really well with what Google's told us about EAT. So I saw Lily Ray tweeting about this this week, and I thought, you know, it would be really good if we could have Lily on the podcast to talk about this. So we had a little impromptu chat this morning, and you'll hear that in just a few minutes. Uh, But before I get too far in this recording, I should probably mention that this is podcast episode number 169 being recorded on February 3rd of 2021. And you can find this as always at mariehaines.com slash newsletter. There's a, a written version of this, which is significantly different than what I'm saying in podcast. And there's much more news that I just can't cover in this episode that we've shared in the newsletter version as well. All right, let's talk about algorithm updates. So every week at MHC, my junior site auditors are tasked with going through the analytics for every single site that we have in our Google Analytics profiles. It's a lot of sites. On Monday, my colleague Uli messaged me to say that something unusual was going on because a good number of our clients were seeing massive increases in Google organic traffic. Now, normally this is something we'd be extremely excited about, The types of charts that we're seeing where traffic goes from low levels to like 400% higher or even more, that's something that we've seen in the past when clients, sometimes when clients make dramatic recoveries from Google updates. But something didn't make sense to me because the sites that we're seeing these increases on this week, they really weren't sites that we felt would see huge recoveries. Maybe some of them, but some of them were sites that it didn't really make sense to be seeing a massive increase in traffic uh, related to a Google update. 
So when we dug in a little bit further, it became obvious that this wasn't real traffic that's being measured. It's actually bot traffic, uh, B-O-T, not purchased bot traffic, B-O-T, but robot traffic. For most of the sites that were affected, if you go on your analytics and you look at which pages saw increases in traffic, you'll see that there's a new page on your site. It would be like yoursite.com slash bot dash traffic.icu. Now, if you go to that website, bottraffic.icu, I just got the pun. It's you're buying traffic. It's bot traffic, (laughs) but I just finished explaining. It's not bot traffic. It's B O T. I think you'll understand what I mean when I'm talking about bot traffic. Okay. So if you go to this website, you'll see that it's actually a service where you can purchase this service to inflate your analytics numbers. So their website claims that having more hits are somehow going to improve your Google rankings. And for varying prices of up to $100 a month, you can actually purchase this fake traffic. It's dumb because there's absolutely no benefit to using a service like this unless you're somehow trying to make your analytics screenshots look better. I'm telling you, some of these increases we saw in Google organic traffic make some pretty nice screenshots. As long as you don't show the people that the traffic comes from bots, please do not use this service. A lot of people are asking, how do you filter out this traffic? In 2016, there was a similar attack. I mean, this has been going on for some time, but we seem to go through waves of it. Uh, So 2016, there were a lot of sites that pretty much every site on the web was getting hit by referral spam in Google Analytics. But back then, the attacks were a little more, uh, they they were easier to filter out. Uh, Today's attack seems to be a little bit more sophisticated. So if your analytics are really messed up because of this, we've got a tweet and newsletter from Steve Lamar. And it'll give step-by-step instructions on how to create a segment so you can exclude this traffic from your analytics. Um, I'd also recommend that you add an annotation in your analytics to explain what happened here. I can't tell you how many times we've looked at analytics and we spent a long time trying to analyze some weird traffic blip. Uh, So two years from now, when you're trying to figure out what the heck happened at the end of January, 2021, having an annotation will probably save you some headaches. Um, So we've listed this also in our known, we have a list of known and suspected algorithm updates. And although this isn't you know, it's not a Google update. It's something that a lot of people are going to be noticing in their analytics. So if you're not familiar with our algorithm update list, you can find that at mariehaines.com slash algo, A-L-G-O. So on Monday, we were mostly figuring out what was going on with these spam attacks when we were looking at our analytics. And I think we actually missed a little Google update. Um, Barry Schwartz had a post on Search Engine Roundtable this week that was saying that a lot of site owners were saying there was an update on January 27th. And sure enough, when we went back to look at the analytics uh, again for all of our clients and we ignored all of the crazy bot spam that we were seeing on the 31st, we actually do have quite a few sites that are up or down starting on the 27th of January, and they look like they were affected by a Google update. Um, Now, Google changes their search results multiple times per day, so this isn't a surprise, but there's something in the patterns that I'm seeing that really looks like this could be something significant. Uh, It's interesting to see that the sites that either saw significant improvements or were hit hard 
are all in niches that are really heavily spammed with link building. So I don't have any conclusions right now to share with you or really much more to say on this right now. Uh, it could be nothing, but I'll be looking into this more next week and I'll have more information to report back to you at that time. In the meantime, though, if your traffic was significantly affected on January 27th, and you're pretty sure that this isn't because of the bot attacks, I'd love for you to tweet at us. The best way to do that is probably to tweet at the MHC Inc. Twitter account. Um, and if you want to just share some information with, you know, my site was hit, maybe what type of niche you were in and any information you can share with us. Cause the more we can learn about updates, the more we can help people overall, uh, to understand what it is that Google's doing. Okay, so this is the part of podcast where I wanted to talk about these new icons in search that I mentioned at the top of episode, this episode. This is probably a good time to share my conversation that I had with Lily Ray. All right, so I have a special guest with me on podcast this week. And when I saw the news that Google is adding these badges in the SERPs, the first thing I thought about was EAT. And I saw Lily Ray's tweet that said, uh, talk about EAT, and we're on the same wavelength here. So I thought it would be cool to just chat with Lily, and I invited her to come and join me here. So welcome, Lily, to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, yeah. And so we, uh, Lily and I chat all the time. It's usually Twitter in the in the background, right? Just about, wow, I think Google's doing this thing. And we're usually on the same wavelength about things, I think. Um, sure. Tell me, I saw you tweeting uh, uh, a few things about this badge. Tell, tell everybody what this badge is, if you could. Yeah, so the badge is something that Google just rolled out kind of quickly. Like they announced it and the next day it was live, which is kind of interesting. I think it's still in beta, but it's like, three dots next to each organic result that you can expand and learn more about the domain. So, and that information is pulled directly from Wikipedia. Um, if they don't have a Wikipedia entry for that organization, they're just putting when the site was originally indexed on Google. So it'll, that's it. They'll just say like the site was originally indexed 10 years ago. And then there's a couple other attributes like whether or not the site is secure and there's like a related button where you can basically just hit related and then it'll do that like related um, search query basically for the domain just to pull up any other related domains, I guess, which I don't know how helpful that is, but that's basically it so far. It's kind of a big mystery. Yeah. Bit. So, okay. So tell us, how do you think that's connected to EAT? So what I'm trying to figure out now is like when they display the Wikipedia entry and when they don't, because it actually looks like for individuals, they're not even pulling in the Wikipedia information, even if that individual is listed in Wikipedia. So it appears to be the case that they're only showing it for like organizations or brands, just from what I can see so far. And then they're not putting any like qualitative information beyond site security and Wikipedia. So I don't think they're doing anything like you know, media bias fact check or any of those sites that say like, this is a conspiracy website. Um, they're just purely pulling in Wikipedia, but Wikipedia has its own barriers to entry. So that's mm -hmm. not every brand I, can be listed there. I think it's really interesting. Have you seen Wikipedia's page on fringe theories? 
No. Is that no? That's something that is really interesting to read because it talks about um pseudoscience and things that we've been describing as alternative medicine. We've sort of, you know how Google um is, you know, having a hard time ranking or they don't want to rank uh articles that talk about carrots curing cancer, right? right. And I think a lot of alt alt med stuff that maybe is legit gets lumped in together with this. Um Wikipedia's article talks about, like it describes all these different ways that you can determine whether something is pseudoscience. And it talks about, uh, do other experts recognize this as true? Mm. And it's it's very similar to what's in the um, in the quality raters guidelines. So that's, that's really, really interesting. Um, and so I think Wikipedia's uh, qualifications or their criteria for notability are really, really similar to what we talk about in EAT. Right. Um, so that's what we pay a lot of attention to. One of the things I thought, and I'm, I'm having a hard time kind of articulating this, is why I thought, well, if I can talk about it with Lily, then it'll make sense <laughs> to, to readers. Um, I was thinking about how we search. And um, lately, I think with the December core update, I'm seeing a lot of uh, sites that improved. We can't really say why, but they're better. Have you noticed that? That we're like, oh, well, when we look at the search results, like this one site did really, really well with the December core update for this query. And when we look at the page, it really is a better option for users, mm -hmm. but there's no measurable, it's not like, you know, they've used keywords more or they've it, just somehow Google is intangibly figuring out this is a better uh, option for searchers. And yeah. one of the issues that I think that they have is that um, searchers recognize certain sites. So like uh, if I did a, a health query and I saw that the Mayo Clinic popped up, well, I'm going to click on that because I recognize the Mayo Clinic. You know, I can trust that. Yeah. But let's say I did that health query and there's some obscure doctor in, you know, another country or something who uh, has written on this, but I've, I'm not familiar with this doctor um, or this company or this whatever, uh, I mm -hmm. might skip over that. And so okay. um, if Google's trying to show me uh, authoritative websites and they're relying on user behavior to say, yes, users tend to click on the Mayo Clinic. They tend to click on WebMD because they like that, but they don't click on Dr. So-and-so from South Africa's website, you know, uh, right. they, they because they don't recognize that person. So if mm -hmm. I'm doing that SERP now and I can click this badge and I can see some information from Wikipedia, now you're, we're going to talk in a minute about like, you're saying it's not there right now for individuals, it seems, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. but maybe it'll come yeah. that as a searcher, I can click on this and say, well, I've never heard of this doctor, uh, but that website's been there for 10 years and they're in Wikipedia and Wikipedia says that they're the leading expert in this condition that I just looked up. Well, now right. that's a good result to me as a searcher. And mm -hmm. I think what I, I, this is a theory, but I think what Google was finding was that when the quality raters are looking at um, uh, whether results are good, they're maybe passing over certain sites because they don't recognize them. But those mm -hmm. sites actually are legitimate. They're authoritative. They're trustworthy. They're just not recognized. What do you think about yeah. that? Yeah, I think that that's probably the main reason why they've implemented this change is just to make it a little bit like more equal for brands that are notable and reputable to have that like extra layer that people can use to just kind of vet like, oh, this is why Google made the decision to rank this website when they have that information. Um, I forgot to mention before something that I was just thinking is they also added a little disclaimer that says this is an organic result and not an ad. 
which I thought is really interesting. And that kind of also gets into maybe the rationale behind why they put this change out. Um, and I was actually, I've been in the process of writing an article about how difficult it is for most users to distinguish ads from organic results lately. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if this isn't just like, you know, I always also think about what Google's up to as a, as a business, right? Like they're under heavy scrutiny right now. So maybe this is a way of them saying, oh, like we're pretty transparent about why we select um, authoritative results. It's it's right there. It's baked into the search results. People can see how we choose things. And we're also clear about what's an ad and what's an organic result, even though, of course, they're not going to change the ad label. But <laughs> this is something that they can point to and say, like, just adding extra an extra layer of transparency to the organic. You know what? That's a, that's a really good point, right? For all those people who are saying, like, I know a lot of people comment about Healthline, that Healthline kind of came out of nowhere to become, I, I would recognize it as a, an authoritative medical site, you know? For sure. Um, and I think a lot of people think, well, maybe Healthline uh, bought their way into uh, the search results. Um, and so Google labeling, uh, if Healthline was one of those results saying, mm. well, yes, we've we've chosen this as an authority because here's their Wikipedia page that describes their uh, why we can trust them or their notability or, or whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. So it could just be... You're right. It could just be a, a measure of transparency um, mm-hmm. from Google. I, I kind of get excited uh, for some of my clients that maybe aren't um, the most authoritative brands. I kind of feel like this could be a, a way for websites that have really good content that's still trustworthy, but maybe aren't recognized as giant authorities uh, to start gaining some uh, some traction in the SERPs. Uh, because, I, you know, what do you think about that? Um, I have kind of the opposite feeling about it right now, only because I have a couple of clients that I've worked with for many years that are absolutely reputable brands that cannot get listed on Wikipedia. So that's my concern with it. It's like Wikipedia has really extreme barriers to entry that I don't know that many brands would agree are fair. And like the sites that I'm talking about are not like some fringe website. Like these are major, major recognized brands that have been in business for many, many years owned by giant parent companies and they can't have a Wikipedia page. So it's like for them, if you look at the result that Google pulls up, it's like this website was first indexed 10 years ago. Is that really helpful for users? Does it matter how long your domain has been around? You know, (laughs) I guess so. I I guess See, sometimes when I see a site at the top of the SERPs that I don't recognize, I go back to like 10 years ago when if you were looking for car insurance, you'd see like best free car insurance in New York.com, you know? Um, And uh, and I feel like if I saw, well, okay, this has been uh, indexed in Google for 10 years, it might uh, kind of give some trust. But you're right about that. If Wikipedia is the barrier to entry, that's a little scary. Yeah. Uh, you know, because there's... <laughs> There's certain niches that you just can't get into Wikipedia. Exactly. Um, and Aren't there I, I other think data sources, can... like it does the knowledge graph pull from other data sources. Are they not going to use uh-huh. that for this feature as well? Is it just Wikipedia? Because that's pretty limiting. I hope they do because it would give us some insight into, ah, Google thinks, you know, this kind of shows us now that if you are listed in Wikipedia, I mean, we already knew that it's in the quality raters guidelines, but if you are in Wikipedia, you're notable enough to be considered authoritative uh, for the most part. Right. And I mean, there's ways to game it, but like, imagine the Wikipedia editors this week. uh, I would imagine there's a lot of people trying to get a Wikipedia listing. Have you done that? Have you uh, gotten listings for clients? I have once or twice. It's not easy. I have a couple that I've been working on for a really long time. I've had a couple get rejected that were like, we did everything right. You know, it's really, really hard. You need like 
third-party references that are completely objective in nature. And some brands just like don't always have that. Mm-hmm. So it's challenging. This, this I think, adds an extra layer of uh, difficulty because if, if you don't have that Wikipedia bio and if users become accustomed to being able to read this, this bio information in the search results, there could be the effect of like the people that don't have the Wikipedia bio and just say how many years the website's been indexed. That could mm-hmm. be like a negative EAT signal for users. Maybe. 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 Yeah. 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 This site doesn't have a Wikipedia so uh, entry. So why would I trust it? You know, some of my team, uh, when we were talking about this, just said it's probably just going to be ignored by most users, hmm. you know, but yeah. I don't know. I mean, why would Google go to the, uh, uh, although maybe you're right there. Maybe it's Google just kind of covering their own butt <laughs> yeah. to, to say, well, here's why we rank these sites so highly as possible. Yeah. yeah. Um, tell me weird. about, you, you were uh, saying that there was no entry for certain individuals. I wonder mm. if that will change. Like, the, But those people had uh, Wikipedia pages though, right? Yeah. So first I started with um, Merkula, who's like one of the natural medicine doctors and, and just looked at, you know, is this is someone who's had trouble with the core updates in the last few years. Maybe there's a situation where they're pulling in some information about why that person might have struggled with from a reputation standpoint. Obviously they didn't do that, but like what I noticed is that they didn't pull in his Wikipedia information, despite the fact that he has a knowledge panel and the knowledge panel pulls in information from Wikipedia the website listed on the knowledge panel is Merkula.com. So it's like the domains are the same, but for whatever reason, Google didn't show the Wikipedia information about him as part of this new feature. So I was like, oh, maybe like because of his reputation, they're not showing the Wikipedia information. But then I did the same thing for Beyonce and for a couple of other celebrities who don't necessarily have those reputation issues. And it's the same for all of them. So I was just talking to Glenn Gabe about it, and it appears to be the case, maybe, that they're only pulling in this Wikipedia information for when the entity is a brand or an organization, Mm -hmm. not when the entity is an individual, regardless of whether or not that individual is has their own Wikipedia page. And that'll be really interesting to watch. I I would think that will change. I think at this point, maybe it's harder, it's easier to... um, spam or fake uh, personal Wikipedia information mm-hmm. than a company, um, yeah. perhaps. Uh, but we'll see. I, I think that'll change. But it would be really, it would be really interesting if we could say like, oh, this website that perhaps, and I don't want to speak against, you know, I don't know much about um, Dr. Mercola, but, uh, but websites that potentially have reputation issues, oh, if they don't get the badge, maybe that's a sign. You know, maybe that could be a goal for us to work towards if we're working with a client like that uh, to say, what does it take to get the badge? Uh, You know, because if they are listed in Wikipedia and Google doesn't want to show them that that could be interesting. Yeah. So I don't know, you know, this could be nothing. It could just be Google protecting themselves. Uh, But I thought it was really interesting. I thought it was worth a a chat. Yeah, I thought so too. I mean, that was my first reaction was like, this is seems to be Google just covering their, you know what, um, and maybe in light of all the scrutiny that's been placed on them recently. But if you do, at least on desktop, like if you navigate through the new search results, I think those three dots are pretty like prominent. Yep. Yeah. I, it's only in the U.S. right now. So uh, I need to okay. I, I haven't had my proxy on to check things because I'm in, obviously in Canada here. But uh, yeah. but I, I really hope that it does, um, you know, spread out to the rest of the world and, and that we can keep an eye on it. It'll be very interesting. Yeah, yeah. for sure. 
Um, before I uh, let you go, Lily, can you say uh, a little bit about the GoFundMe that you set up for Hamlet Batista? Sure. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's been a whirlwind. It's been super, super tragic. Um, so it was uh, something that I felt really compelled to do just because I know how horrible and, and, and painful this has been for his family. And I know that, you know, he has two sons and, and his wife and everybody's been hurting pretty bad. And there was just kind of, for me, it felt like this disconnect between, you know, I met his family, I know his wife, and I know how many people love him in the SEO world. And I don't know that there was like that, that gap wasn't really being bridged before. So, um, you know, I got her permission to set this up and, and also thanks to Mora, his assistant, Hamlet's assistant, who's been kind of helping me out. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure that all the love and all the, you know, respect that he has within the SDO community that we all could do something. Like a lot of people were asking me what we could do. So um, yeah, it's been really wonderful to see the outpouring of love and support. And, uh, you know, ever since the fundraiser kind of took off, not only as his wife, you know, reaching out and thanking me and thanking us, uh, now I'm starting to get like, a lot of Hamlet's family members reaching out, which has been just so wonderful. Um, his father reached out, like they're messaging me and telling me how much this means to them, including his sons. So it's been really special that everybody's chipping in and please keep it going. Yeah. Well, thank you for them. setting that up. I know this has been really, really hard for you and for anybody who knew Hamlet. I I'm so sad that I didn't know him more. Um, you know, he, yeah. he seemed like such an incredible man. And, uh, I was just saying that my Google discover feed is filled this week with articles from the past that, that Hamlet wrote and, uh, Same. which is pretty amazing, right? That, that Google knows that, uh, now's the time for us to, to pay attention to all this amazing stuff that Hamlet had done. Um, yeah. And for those who are listening to podcast, um, even if you didn't know Hamlet, I would I would really encourage you to donate uh, to his family because there's so many tragedies that are happening right now with the pandemic. Um, and I know personally, I feel like sometimes it's just hard to know what can I do? How can I help? And so yeah. helping his family um, would be incredible. Absolutely. Um, you know, he was in the hospital for a long time. So I think every little bit helps. And um, yeah, I, I mean, what's been really kind of beautiful over the past week or two is a week rather is like people coming out of the woodwork to share beautiful stories about him. And it's almost always the same type of experience that people had with him. It's always love. It's always compassion, generosity. Um, we had a Zoom memorial for him on Friday night and like people from his childhood came, you know, interns of his came and like everyone had the same things to say about him, which is just how much he loved giving and teaching and, and supporting people. And so in a sense, it's been beautiful to to hear all that shared experience that everybody had with him and mm -hmm. we'll miss him a lot. Yeah. Well, and I know this has been very, very hard. <laughs> Um, so thank you, Lily, for, for doing this, for, for coming and talking to me. Of Usually course. when Lily and I talk, we're, we're have a lot of fun. <laughs> we're goofing around all the time. Right. And doing is, my uh, best. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Lily hang in there and it's okay to, you know, to take some time off and, and, uh, <laughs> just collect yourself as well. Cause you know, Lily, you, you are a huge, uh, contributor to the industry so much. And I, I want to thank you for all that you put out uh, for EAT and everything. So thank you. Okay Feeling is mutual. Time. Yeah. Oh, thank thanks, you. Lily. All right. Awesome. Take care.
Hopefully you enjoyed that chat with Lily. I really want to thank Lily again for coming to talk to me because it's been a very hard week for her and really for anybody who's lost somebody to COVID-19 recently. Um, I really do hope that some of you will contribute to the GoFundMe uh, again that she's set up to help Hamlet's family. I do want to talk a little bit in a second about why Google was showing me articles written by Hamlet in my Discover feed this week, even though I didn't search for those specifically. Uh, but first, I want to share the Ahrefs tip of the week. And yes, this is the sponsored part of the podcast. Ahrefs tweeted this week about a tool that they have that any of us can use, even if you're not an Ahrefs subscriber, and it's called the Website Authority Checker. So even if you're not a subscriber, you can check out the score of any website uh, using Ahrefs Authority Checker. You can go to ahrefs.com slash website dash authority dash checker, and you can put in any domain, and you'll get Ahrefs Domain Rank which is a metric that Ahrefs created, and no domain rank is not exactly the same as Google's PageRank, and it's not linear. It's not like a site with a domain rank of 80 is always going to outrank a site with a DR of 70, because there's many other features in Google's search algorithms um, that go alongside of PageRank that domain rank uh, is trying to uh, approximate here. But Ahrefs has shared a couple of studies that show that there's a very strong correlation between domain rank and how many keywords a site is able to rank for. It really does seem to be a good uh, determination of whether a site is authoritative online. So we keep talking about the importance of getting authoritative mentions, getting mentions from authoritative websites. If you can truly get authorities in your vertical to start talking about you, then that's a huge component of EAT. I've talked about that for weeks on end, that you really, really want uh, to get mentions, recommendations from experts on other websites. There are many ways that we can measure authority, uh, but the Google document on how they fight disinformation actually tells us that authority is very closely tied to page rank. And page rank and domain rank from Ahrefs are very closely related as well. So we've got information in our newsletter on how you can access that tool. But again, you can just go to ahrefs.com slash website dash authority dash checker. And speaking of getting mentions on authoritative websites, we've had a number of people reach out to us um, either on our MHC Inc. Twitter account or you can email us. You can always contact us by emailing us at help at mariehaines.com. Um, a lot of people have been reaching out to ask for recommendations on how you can get more authoritative mentions. So we don't actually do mention building at MHC, but we've connected with a couple of PR companies and also just some individuals as well who do really good work in this area. So if you're interested in connecting with any of these uh, companies or people, please do reach out to us and we'll help you find a good fit uh, to, to, to help you get some more mentions in authoritative places. We'll end today's episode by talking about some new data that we have access to in Google Search Console. So we now have access to more information regarding discover traffic. I still feel like so many of you are not paying attention, not paying enough attention really to Google discover traffic. It's not just on Android phones now either. On either an Android phone or an iPhone, if you open a new Chrome tab, you get a discover feed. 
So on last week's episode, Rand shared his Discover feed, Rand Fishkin shared, and I read mine uh, maybe 10 times a day some days. You can already see your Discover traffic in Search Console, but what's new is that now you'll also see Discover traffic uh, from people who came from search by finding Discover by opening a new Chrome tab on their phone. I had to read Google's announcement a few times before I understood what what they were saying here. And when I realized what they were saying, I think it's actually a little bit of a clue as to where search is going. So first of all, in case you're not sure what I'm talking about in regards to Discover traffic, for most Android phones, if you swipe right on your home screen, you'll end up on your Google Discover feed. And now what Google told us in this blog post is that even if you're on an iPhone or an iOS device, if you open a new Chrome tab, your Discover feed is there as well. That's relatively new, I think. This is essentially just a list of web pages that Google's algorithms think would be interesting to you right now. So I haven't actually done a lot of research into what it takes to rank on Discover, but I love watching what comes across my feed. So let me open my app right now. So my very first story right now is about COVID numbers in Ottawa. And that should be the first story because pretty much every day I read the article about how we're doing in the city. And thankfully we're seeing improvements in the number of cases. So that's really encouraging. And then next I see an article about the latest Fortnite update. Uh, so every few weeks or so Fortnite updates and uh, this was one of those weeks. And Google knows that I like to read articles on the latest updates, which by the way, I came top 3% in a sniper tournament this week. I'm very proud of myself. And my daughter and I won uh, a game in, there's a new uh, limited time mode uh, with the Mandalorian and it's a bounty mode. It is so much fun and we won a game. It's a really hard mode. So I absolutely love this game so much. Um, so, and then my Discover feed usually has some SEO news as well. And it, it's like, Google knows what my interests are and they know what I want to search for even before I search for it. So last week, almost every single day, my Discover feed showed me an article that was written by Hamlet Batista. And as I mentioned in my discussion with Lily, I, I remember um, Lily was saying the same thing, that she was getting uh, Hamlet's articles coming across her Discover feed. I remember hearing Lily talk about Hamlet and how he was looking at ways to automate assessing how well you're doing with your EAT improvements. Uh, and she was talking about all the things this incredible man could do with data and how excited he was to, to find ways to help website owners and, and businesses to succeed. So... How cool is it that Google's Discover algorithm figured out that I would like to read more about this man's research? He wrote so many incredible things about the SEO industry, and every day this week, the Discover feed showed me one of those. But the weird thing is, the cool thing is, I didn't do a search for any of those articles. The people who publish those articles, when they're looking at their analytics data, they can't do keyword research based on my interaction. They can't look at their search console keyword research because I didn't search for any keywords. I simply opened my discover feed and that was there. Google said, oh, you might find this interesting. And it's amazing how right they are, how often they're right. They show me some things I'm not that interested in. 
But I'd say probably 90% of what's in my Discover feed is something that I want to click on, which is very, very interesting. So again, Google knew what I wanted to see even before I searched for it and even before I even thought of searching for it. So I don't know what this means. Does it mean that SEO is dead? <laughs> no. You can't do keyword research to figure this kind of stuff out. It's almost like the way to rank is to figure out every aspect of what would make a piece of content the most helpful to users. Google's goal has always been to serve searchers with the most useful search result they can. And for years, SEO was synonymous with how can we trick Google into thinking that our content should be one of those search results that they rank. But bit by bit, those tricks are not working anymore. In the past, you could write something that was essentially the same as everybody else, had already written, and then you could get to work building links. And those links could convince Google's algorithms that your content actually was what people were searching for. Now, don't get me wrong. I do think that links are still very important in Google's algorithms, and they will be for quite some time. But Google's getting better at figuring out which links truly are legitimate recommendations. That's probably a good place to end for this week's episode. You might have noticed that I did not do Q&A the last few weeks. We had been doing a thing where you could ask me a question on Twitter and I would give my answer on podcast. This is partly because we've had some guests on podcast. And also, there's only so much time for me to uh, create this content. There's a heck of a lot of stuff on my plate uh, every single week. But we're also working on some new content for YouTube. And there's a good chance that I'm going to be answering people's SEO questions. If you have questions about EAT, about Google's algorithms, about diagnosing traffic drops, um, we're going to be covering some of these questions in individual YouTube videos. Um, so that's coming up in the future. So if you're not already subscribed to our YouTube channel, I'd encourage you to do that. And if you do happen to be listening to this on YouTube right now, I'd love for you to click that like button as it really helps our content to do well. I'm going to end it there. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I want to thank Lily again for coming to talk to me because that was, uh, it's going to be really interesting to watch uh, what happens with these badges and whether we see more information on them uh, as Google's algorithms continue to uh, evolve. I hope you enjoyed this and I wish you the best of luck with your rankings. Mm -hmm.